0: My name is Shang. I uh, will be doing second Bible reading. Uh, second Bible reading is taking from uh, Matthew chapter eighteen, verses ten to fourteen. See that you do not look down on the one of these little ones, for I tell you that their angels in heaven always see that their face of my Father in heaven. What do you think? If a man own a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he is happier about that one sheep than about 99, one, 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any, any of these little ones should be lost. This is God's word. Uh, thanks, Chang. Uh, it's time for our sermon now. Uh, at the
1: moment, we've just started uh, last week a new series called Stories uh, with Purpose. And so each week for the... Uh, for the six-week block, we'll be considering a different parable. Uh, Now, parables are um, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And so this morning we'll be, as we just heard, uh, read out, considering the parable of the lost sheep. And it's it's an encouraging parable, and so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, But what it would be great if you could, if you've got a Bible, then keep it open in front of you as we work through the text uh, so that you can follow along and see where we're at. Uh, But as we begin, I'm going to pray and uh, thank God for our time. So please pray with me. Our Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you for the Bible, and uh, we thank you that it is your word spoken to us so that we might know who you are. And so we thank you for the privilege it is that we can think about it, we can consider it now, and we can see by it who you are and what your character is and what your mindset of us is. And so uh, we thank you for your word, and we ask that you would help us to be attentive as we consider it now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Well, this is Zap. Uh, He's my old dog. And so, as you can see, he's a pug. And he was a great dog. And, um, yeah, I'm convinced he was, in his mind, though, convinced he wasn't actually a dog, that he thought he was a person and that he was, therefore, acting according to that. Uh, But there were two things that sum up who Zap is. Uh, The first thing was that he loved food. Food was almost the highest possible good in his life. And so in fact, so much did he love food that he had almost a sixth sense whenever there was food on offer. He'd hear a little bit of a crinkle of a packet of chips or a packet of biscuits or a packet of whatever it was as it opened. And wherever he was, even if he was deep in sleep, he'd jump up and come scuttling towards wherever you were eating, sliding across the floor as his little claws couldn't hold on. And then he'd get there and he'd sit in front of you and he, I'm not exaggerating at all, he would literally cry. So he had these big, he's a pug, so he had these big bulbous eyes and tears would literally come out of his eyes. And this uh, piteous mewling would escape out of his lips as he was just so desperate to get the food. And so for Zap, he absolutely loved food. But the only thing he loved more than food was us, his owners. We were the only thing that in his mind was higher than food. And he just loved being with people. He wasn't particularly interested in being with other dogs. He wasn't interested in being outside by himself. What he was interested in was being inside with us. And so I'm convinced for Zap, if he could have spent the day with us eating food, then that would have been doggy heaven. That just would have been the perfect day for Zap. And that's the great thing about dogs, isn't it? That they love us so much. They value us so unconditionally. We love that about dogs. I'm convinced that's why so many people have dogs. Because we love the fact that we're the last thing they think about at night before they go to sleep. And they're the first thing they think about in the morning when they wake up. That's what dogs are like. They love us, they protect us, they value us, they want to be with us. And I think that part of what appeals about that to us, it appeals to us because deep down, we all want to be valued. We all want someone to love us and care for us and value us as important. It's one of the deepest desires we have as humans, to be valued and to be loved, to know that someone cares about us. And so that's why we get so hurt when our family or our friends and our loved ones don't always act to us in a way that values us. They say thoughtless things to us. They do actions that are thoughtless and hurt our feelings. It's because it kind of hints to us. Maybe they don't value us just as much as I wish they did. And sadly, that is what happens so often, isn't it? So often those we want to value us don't value us in the way that we wish they would. They certainly do value us to some degree, but not in the unconditional way that we deeply desire someone to value us. So often they say thoughtless things, act thoughtlessly. They do things they know will frustrate and annoy us. And so we're left yearning for that value, questioning. Is there someone who values me? Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever asked that question? Have you ever wondered that? Well, what I hope you'll see today is the tremendous value that you do have. I want you to walk out of here today having a a sense of unsurpassed value. As you realize that God, the maker of all things, the one who made us and knows us best, does value you. In fact, uh, he values you even more than Zap, my dog, valued me far more than that. Today, I want you to see how deeply God treasures you. But as we begin, I do need to uh, clarify something. So today's passage is speaking to Christians. Uh, We know that from the context. At the start of chapter 18, uh, Jesus uses is describing how to become one of God's people. And he uses this term, little ones, as he's describing it. And in our passage again today, he uses the same term. So it's clear that he's talking about little ones or about Christians. And so if you're with us today and you're not yet a Christian, then welcome along. We're so glad to have you with us today. And it's our hope that uh, you'll listen in and you'll see the way that God values his people. The way that he treasures his people. And that you'll see that he'll value and treasure you too if you become one of his people. Because this today is, in a sense, an offer from Jesus If you want to be valued, if you want someone to care about you and think of you as important, then you can have that if you become one of God's people. So please do listen in and consider what's on offer here today. Well, uh, to make his point, Jesus uses two illustrations to show us just how valued we are. The first is in verse 10, and it's about guardian angels uh, Jesus says that the little ones, Christians, us. He says, We have angels in heaven. Did you see that in verse ten? Have a look with me. I uh, see that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my father in heaven. Now, you might be thinking, what on earth is going on here? What's this talking about? Does this mean that every single person has an angel or every single Christian has an angel? What's going on? And answering that question can be a little bit tricky, uh, mainly because Jesus only mentions it here in passing, and the Bible doesn't really shed much more light on the question. But in short, there's two possible answers. Firstly, Jesus could be saying that every single Christian has a specific angel assigned to them. Uh, That may be backed up by uh, Acts 12, 15, where Peter escapes from, or is miraculously rescued from jail, and he goes to the house of where some other believers are, and he knocks on the door, and they hear his voice. But they don't think it could be him, so they say, oh, it must be his angel. Now, uh, even that passage doesn't necessarily mean that each Christian has their own angel, but it could mean that. So that's the possibility, that's the first option. But there's another option. The other option it could mean is that uh, it's not that each Christian has their own specific angel, but rather that angels in general are watching over and ministering to God's people. Uh, This is backed up by passages like Revelation chapter 1, where each church is said to have an angel. Uh, It's backed up by Hebrews chapter 1, verses 13 to 14, where angels in a more kind of plural sense are ministering to and serving God's people. And so that's another possibility. And both of those are possibilities. But in one sense, it doesn't actually matter which of those the truth is. They're both possible, but it's not actually the point of what Jesus is saying. Rather, his point is this. We're so valued in God's eyes that he's put angels to watch over us, whether it's a plural sense or an individual sense. That in a sense, we have heavenly bodyguards which in itself tells us how important we are. Because we all know that's how bodyguards work. Only important people have bodyguards. You don't see normal people walking down the street with a bodyguard in tow. No, only those who are important have them. Think about who you know that has a bodyguard. Well, the President of the United States has a bodyguard, or has lots of bodyguards. The Queen of England has bodyguards. See, only the important people have bodyguards. So the fact that we have bodyguards, these heavenly bodyguards, shows us just how important, just how valued we are in God's eyes. But there's also something about the quality of bodyguards. Because the thing about bodyguards is that their life is seen as less important than the one they're trying to protect and so that's why the bodyguards of the President of the United States need to be willing to jump in front of a gun, to take a bullet for the President, because in a sense, their life is seen as less important than the life of the President. And so that's what bodyguards do. And so, therefore, you can tell how important someone is by how important their bodyguard is. Just imagine if you saw me walking down the street, and just behind me is a guy in a black suit He's got dark sunglasses on, he's got a gun at his hip, he's got a headpiece on, and he's looking around, so alert, alert for any kind of danger. If you saw that, what would you think of me? Well, you'd probably think, wow, he's pretty important, so important that he has a bodyguard. But imagine if you took a second look and you recognized that bodyguard because the one standing there, so alert, armed and ready for danger, ready to give up his life for mine, was none other than Scott Morrison, the Prime Minister of Australia. If that happened, what would you think? Well, maybe firstly you'd think I'm not good at picking bodyguards, but secondly, I'm sure you'd revise your opinion of how important I am. You wouldn't just think I was important. You'd think I'm extremely important to have such an important bodyguard. Because remember, bodyguards' lives are seen as less important than the one they're protecting, the one they're guarding. And see, the incredible thing about what Jesus tells us here is that we have a bodyguard or bodyguards who are even more important than the Prime Minister of Australia. Jesus tells us that our bodyguards are so important that they're in the very presence of God. They see God face to face, That's how important our bodyguards are. And so if our bodyguards are that important, then how much more valuable, how much more important must we be by extension? See, that's the point Jesus is making. He's saying that the little ones, that anyone who belongs to God, Christians, us, we're so valuable that our bodyguards see the face of God. Have you ever realized that that's how valuable you are? How does that make you feel to know that you've got that that's how much God values you? That he'd give you such an important bodyguard. I mean, doesn't it make you feel so valued? See, if the Prime Minister of Australia or the President of the United States was our bodyguard, it would feel so special. But these bodyguards are even better than that. Our bodyguards see the face of God. And do you see how valuable that makes you? And if you're not yet a Christian, then if you don't have that, then don't you want that? Don't you want to be so valued that the angels are like your bodyguards? To have those who are in the very presence of God, the king and creator of all things, watching over you. See, this is the wonder of what Jesus shows us. God values us so so much and the second illustration this parable that Jesus uses then hammers that point in again it's quite a simple story a story of a shepherd and his sheep but the point is so clear the shepherd values his sheep so much have a look at verse 12 now what do you think if a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away Will he not leave the 99 on the hill and go look for the one that wandered off? And so it's a simple story, isn't it? The shepherd is out with his sheep. And you can just imagine he's been out with them all day, sweating away in the scorching sun. But night's coming, and so he's bringing his sheep in to the paddock where they sleep. And so he trudges up to that pen, feet sore from a long day, stomach grumbling a bit as he thinks about the food he's about to have for dinner, forehead a little bit sunburned from the scorching sun and as the sheep enter into the, into the pen, one by one he lists them off, there's woolly and fuzz and clip-clop, he lists them off but as he does, it slowly dawns on him, he slowly gets that sinking feeling in the pit of his stomach the horrible realization that one of them is missing. He can't find mittens. And you can just imagine that sinking feeling in his stomach, can't you? I mean, we've all experienced that. That moment you realize that you've lost something, that you don't know where it is, it's a horrible feeling. And so uh, what does he do? Well, he goes out to look for that one sheep because he cares about it so much that he'll leave behind the other 99 to go looking for that one lost sheep. See, that's what God is like, and that's what God is like with us. He cares about each and every one of us, so much so that he'll go looking for us when we wander off. That's how much God values us. And what I love about this story in particular is it shows us that even the statistically unimportant matter to God We might be tempted to think, oh, well, he's got 99 out of 100. He's only lost one out of 100. That's a pretty good ratio. But that's not what God's like. Every single one of his sheep matters. Every single one has value. And we know that because he goes to such effort to look for them. Because that's how we know whether something's valuable or not, how much effort we're willing to go to find it when it's lost. Uh, Recently, I misplaced my face mask, which up until a few days ago was unimportant, and I spent barely any effort looking for it. Why? Because it just had such little value. I only spent $10 on it to begin with, and then I didn't need it again, or I thought I didn't need it again. And so even though I'd misplaced it, I barely spent any effort actually looking for it. But if I lost my wedding ring, then I would spend a lot of effort looking for it. I'd be turning the whole house upside down. I'd be checking through all the closets, checking all of my pockets. I'd even be searching through the bin in case it somehow went in there. If you can think of it, then I would be looking there. Why? Because it does have value. It has immense value. And we know that's the way things work. The more valuable something is to us, then the more effort we put into finding it when it's lost. And that's what God does. He puts immense effort into finding us because we have immense value to God. He leaves behind all of the other sheep to go and find, to hunt down the one who's lost. And did you see then his response when he finds that lost sheep? He's happier about that one sheep than about the other 99. Have a look at verse 13. And if he finds it, Truly, I tell you, he is, ha- he is happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. See, it just shows us how much God values that one sheep. Now, it's not meant to say that he doesn't value the other 99, but rather that each one matters. He's not just content with the 99 others. He doesn't think, oh, well, 99 out of 100, that's pretty good. No, no. He's not willing, verse 14, to even lose a single sheep. See, this is how valuable we are to God. He doesn't want to lose a single one of us. And doesn't that make you feel so valued? To know that God would go looking for you if you wandered off. To know that God would leave the 99 behind to go looking for you. That's how valuable you are in God's eyes. Because in a sense, at one stage, we were all lost. And when we were, God did the most incredible thing. He went to the most incredible effort to find us. See, he gave up his son, Jesus, for our sake, so that we might be found, so that we might be welcomed back into God's kingdom, so that our relationship with God might be restored. See, God's ultimate sign of just how much he loves us is his gift of his son, God's ultimate sign of just how much he loves and values us is the effort he went through to find us, the price he paid, Jesus. He gave up his son for our sake. That's how much God loves and values you. And if you're not a Christian yet, and if you don't have that, then don't you want to be that special? Don't you want to be that valued That God, the one who made all things and knows all things, would go looking for you and rejoice when he finds you. That God would give up his only son for you. If you want that, then all you need to do is trust in that, to trust that Jesus' death on the cross is sufficient. Once and for all, that through Jesus you can be restored back to God you can be welcomed into God's flock and that he will then value you like these precious sheep. And so that's our parable. And what we've seen in it is just how immensely, just how deeply God values us, just how much value we have to God. And when we realize that, then it helps us to have the right view of ourselves and it helps us to have the right view of others. Because what's quite remarkable about our value is where it comes from. Now, uh, we might be tempted to think, to look at this and read this parable, this story with a purpose, and to think quite highly of ourselves, to think, yeah, I am valuable. Of course God values me. Of course God would want to go looking for me. Of course God would want to search me and, for me and protect me. And so uh, we might be tempted to think that God values us because we're worth it. But the message of the Bible is actually the complete opposite. It's not that God loves us because we're valuable. Rather, we're valuable because God loves us. And we see that with the term used for us in the parable, little ones, which is at the end and the start. And as we thought about earlier, this comes from the start of chapter 18. It's a continuation of that where some people are bringing kids or little ones to Jesus. And now in that society, little ones were seen as quite worthless as they didn't have much value. They didn't contribute. All they did was eat and sleep and cry. They didn't work. They didn't get money. They didn't put food on the table. In one sense, they had no value. And so uh, the disciples see these people bringing kids or little ones to Jesus and they tell them off. They say, don't bother Jesus with these, in a sense, these worthless little ones. But Jesus says, no, welcome them to me. He says, in fact, that everyone in the kingdom of God are like these little ones, are like these little kids that don't contribute anything. Why? Well, because we don't give anything back to God. We don't contribute anything to God. Remember before how I talked about losing my mask and how I went to barely any effort? Because it wasn't worthless. To, it was worthless to me. It didn't have value. Well, in a sense, we're like a mask to God, He doesn't need us. We don't contribute anything to him. And yet, God still loves us anyway. God still values us anyway. Even though we're actually like the mask, God treasures us and values us like the wedding ring. And it's not because we're valuable, but rather we're valuable because God loves us. And if we understand this, then it helps us to have the right view of ourselves And it also helps us to have the right view of others. It helps us to have the right view of ourselves when we're feeling worthless. And maybe that's you at the moment. Maybe you're unemployed and you're struggling to find work. You've applied for countless jobs. You've refined your resume over and over again. You've gone to so many interviews. But no matter what you do, you can't seem to get a job. And so you're feeling worthless and unwanted. If that's you then this story with a purpose helps you to have the right view of yourself. It tells you you are valued. You're not worthless because God values you. Maybe you've just come through the Christmas period, and while many around found it such a joyful time, you felt terribly alone. You see others celebrating with loved ones, and you don't have anyone like that. And so you're feeling worthless and unloved unwanted if that's you then this story with a purpose helps you to have the right view of yourself it tells you you are valued you're not worthless because god values you maybe you're feeling sad about the way others treat you Uh, Maybe at school you don't have many friends and uh, others are always making fun of you. You're always sitting by yourself at lunchtime and in classes and so you're feeling worthless and unwanted. If that's you, then this story with a purpose helps you to have the right view of yourself. It tells you you are valued. You're not worthless because God values you. Or maybe it's something else. See, when that creeping voice inside of our head tells us we're worthless, when it whispers in our ears that no one cares about us, then we can remember this story with a purpose. We remember the value that God places on each and every one of us, on the lowest and the least. See, the youngest, the weakest, the sickliest of God's flock of sheep matters to him just as much as the most successful ones and the healthiest ones. If you're feeling worthless, then take heart. God cares about you and God values you. See, today's story with a purpose helps us to have the right view of ourselves when we're feeling worthless. But it also helps us to have the right view of ourselves when we're feeling good. Because uh, for those of us who are going well, we're feeling good, then this helps us to remember uh, why it is that God values us. See, He doesn't value us because we've got it all together. He doesn't value us because we're charming or charismatic. He doesn't value us because we're highly thought of by our friends and family and work colleagues. He doesn't value us because we work hard to obey his commandments and to live a godly life. No, we're like the little ones. We don't contribute anything. And yet, God loves us anyway. And so when we remember that, then it helps us to not think too highly of ourselves. It helps us to not be filled with pride It helps us to keep our value in perspective. See, knowing that we're valued because God loves us helps us to have the right opinion of ourselves when we're feeling good. And it also helps us to have the right opinion of others. See, it helps us not to look down on others. It helps us to avoid feeling superior to others because it's so easy to slip into doing that, don't you think? Don't you find it's so easy to start feeling a little bit superior to others? To think of ourselves as more valuable to God because we contribute more. To think that God must be more pleased with us than others. See, our hearts are sin factories. And so we can so easily slip into doing that. We can so easily look down on others. We can so easily think of others as worse or less valuable than ourselves. Yet, when we remember where our value comes from and how God views others, then it helps us to also view them rightly, to see that uh, though we might be tempted to look down on them, that they are little ones in God's eyes and they are deeply valued and treasured by God. And if God values them, then how can we not value them too? If God loves them, then how can we not love them too? See, remembering God's love and value for others helps us to have the right opinion of them. And so this story with a purpose is so encouraging. It tells us that God loves us and God values us. But it's not that God loves us because we're valuable, but rather we're valuable because God loves us. And so as you leave here today, As you start the new year, as you start 2021, then let that wonderful news shape the year ahead. This year, never forget that to God, you're of infinite value. I'm going to pray and thank God for that. Please uh, pray with me. Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you for the wonderful news of this story with a purpose. The news that in your eyes, we are valuable that you care deeply about each and every one of us. We ask that you would uh, help that to be a great comfort to us when we're feeling down, but that it would also be um, a reminder to us not to get too prideful. So please help us to have the right view of ourselves based on the value that you place on us, the incredible value you place on us. Please also help us to have the right view of others, help us not to feel uh, superior or better than others, but to look on others as equally loved members of your flock. And so we pray this year that you would be constantly reminding us of that great truth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.